Hello and welcome. It is, uh, what month is this? March 8th, uh, Wednesday, all over the place with these dates right now. It is Slow Your Roll. I am Jesse Caulfield. I'm writing for the Yaki Way Report. That over there that you cannot see, unless you're on the socials, is Dominic Lorenzano, local broadcaster, local celebrity, you, <laughs> but you never heard of him. Uh but hey, we got a. I mean, football season is over, but a, a lot of football news has happened in the meantime this week. I'm apparently not on my notes. Well, I mean, we're getting near the uh, the deadlines as far as when you can franchise tag guys, when guys become free agents. It's it, we're in, we're on that little collusion period, the legal collusion period. The legal field. collusion period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna talk some contract signings, some Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. Maybe a couple others. Yeah. But also, you know, we're going to – baseball. Baseball starting. We're going to talk about the new rules, World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with that, let's just uh, let's just get it rolling. All right. All right. So with that, let's get it started here. So we've had a number of quarterbacks get some new contracts. Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Geno Smith. And Geno is the one I'm going to talk about. Now, a lot of people are still thinking Geno's overpaid. Da, 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 da. Well, guess what? They're all kind of overpaid. You just need to be not egregiously overpaid, like, you know, a certain somebody in New York who we'll probably talk about later. I got no issues with Carr's contract. Geno's is the interesting one to me. Now, I think he can make about 30, 35 million. There's a lot of incentives in there. I think he's guaranteed 20 something. But here's the thing with the Seahawks <clears throat> this is perfect for them. This is perfect for Geno. This is perfect for Seattle. As long as the Seahawks play their cards right, I have no problem with this contract. I would have a problem with this contract if he was paid an extra four or five million. And here's why. Seattle is in the position where they just hit a home run in the draft last year. You got multiple starters that you plugged and played right away, so they will be cheap for a while. You had a decent season on what was a team you thought was about to rebuild. You're bringing pretty much the whole squad back. And you got an established veteran who knows the system in Geno Smith. Now, if I was the Seahawks, who have a great, great pick this year, I would draft a quarterback still. Because at the end of the day, Geno had one great season. He's been in the NFL for a while. And if you watched at the end of the year, especially when they couldn't run the ball as well, I mean, he, I thought he started to get exposed a little bit. But you never want to go into this season without a quarterback. So I think the Seahawks are in the perfect position. You have a roster that you know is going to be cheap now going forward for a while. No problems. Geno, the perfect bridge quarterback, maybe a little overpaid for a couple of the years. Draft a quarterback this year. Probably someone with some high upside who's who uh, needs work. A Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is the exact place I would go if I was the Seahawks. I would draft Richardson knowing I have two or three years that he can sit behind Geno. We can clean everything up. He's a big, strong, great athlete, good enough NFL arm. I think Seattle's in a perfect position here, and this is one of those times where when you overpay an average mid-tier NFL quarterback, usually I think it's a death sentence. This is the unique position where because of the draft pick that they have, I think this was the right move by the Seahawks. I think they are in great positions right now. My apologies to Pete Carroll a little bit. Oh, well, you know, a lot of this was was the people upstairs. Let's not, you know, wasn't just Pete. I still heard that though. <laughs> I had mine. I had my coming out moment with Pete uh, yeah, a couple months did. ago. Yeah, you did. But uh, 
I mean, I'm certainly happy for Gino. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, butt of everyone's joke for years. Uh, <laughs> finally found his success. That's always a nice story. Yes. Especially when it was a former Jet who found success elsewhere. <laughs> um, and I'm actually, uh, that's interesting with the idea of drafting a quarterback. Cause, uh, not that I've looked at a bunch, but every mock draft I've seen, uh, uh, quarterbacks are not going to the Seahawks. I know they're not. I've seen, you know, a couple going to Panthers. <laughs> I'm not saying I think Seattle's going to do it. I just think if you played it right, I think they should. Okay. Because, I mean, <clears throat> does anyone think Geno's going to get you to a special, special place? Uh, uh, nope, can't think of a joke. Uh, yeah. But no, he'll probably, I mean, hey, he got the Seahawks to the playoffs and they had no business being in the playoffs last year. Yeah. They could have had even a decent quarterback. We still th- thought they should have been bad. No, I know. Um. <clears throat> so. Well, when you get 10 starters from the draft. Well, it's interesting. It's like, all right, clearly they have good sc- scouting department. Oh, yeah. And uh, good at drafting. So. You know, I don't know. Probably makes them excited to do it again. Yeah. Let's get some guys that we can use immediately, and then we'll we can win with Gino. Pete Carroll certainly thinks so. Yes. Um. So, I mean, that'll be interesting. I know last year, like, no one actually had a clue in any of the mock drafts when quarterbacks were going. So that could be again this year. Although they no, seem no, no, these are much better prospects than last year's. Well, I, from the mock drafts I've seen, again, they all seem to be on the same page of where the quarterbacks probably will like, go. I know C.J. Stout and Bryce Young will be gone within the first five picks. Yeah, yeah, I think there was like four picks I saw within like the first ten for mock drafts for the yeah. most part, four to five even. Um, but yeah, Seahawks were not one of them. They they think they got their guy. I saw a mock draft where they take Jalen Carter. Which Who? Like, how do you not know this story? Which one's that? Oh my gosh, the guy who had to go to the NFL Combine, leave. Oh, oh that one. Okay. Off into jail. Okay. Jail and come back. Oh, you think I'm just thin, thinking about his name all the time? Okay. Yeah. No, I know Which, what that like, one is. I can. If I have a top ten pick, I know Jalen Carter is like the best athlete, best defensive player in the draft. I can't draft him now. I'm not saying he's not going to go in the first round still, because I'm sure he will. But if I have a top ten, especially if you have a top five pick, you need to make sure it's a guy. Who's actually going to be able to like play on your team? Sure. Now, once you get to twenty-five or twenty, like a lot of those guys aren't really first-round talents, and plenty of them are busts. I get it. Taking the big swing, like this is a this is a guy who would have been a top three, four pick. It's just character stuff. Yeah, I don't. If I have a top five pick, you have to at least be on the field. I have to. It has to be way more of a certain thing. I still don't know if I would like putting even. I get it, you know, you're supposed to be a top five pick talent, but yeah. like, trying not to make a messy with my water. <laughs> we'll do that later. Um, I I still would be very uh, hesitant to oh, use yeah. a first round, maybe even a second round pick on a guy that might be sitting in a jail cell till he's not even really eligible to play anymore. <laughs> so that <coughs> later round picks. <laughs> If you're like a Lions and he's still there in the fourth round, yeah, makes more sense. Your defense was god awful last year. Yeah, but like again, even that second round pick, man, for a guy that like might never see the gridiron again. I know. Anyway, though, but back to the Geno in Seattle. Back to my water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know if they're gonna draft a quarterback. Something tells me they're not gonna do it. I think it'd be a mistake if they don't. But if they did, I think this is the perfect situation that you. 
Is there any like Bailey Zappies in this draft? I'm sure there are. Well, I mean, there's always, I guess, later. Or Mr. Irrelevance to people like him. Like, there's always a late round, I guess, quarterback. Now, but I mean, now you're in a position with Geno. Like, I just think if you, if you don't use the pick to get a guy that seems like high upside, might be a little rusty, and he'll take over in two to three years, right? I feel like we'll be sitting here in another two, two and a half years and think, well, Seattle's kind of like the Vikings or the Cowboys. Like, you're paying a quarterback... He's not good enough. We all know you're not a Super Bowl contender now because of who you have under center and the amount of money that he's making. Uh, what if they did get like, would you be like, if they get a good Ed Rusher or someone? Like, you'd be like, all right, that's fine. That definitely helps their team. Their defense wasn't good. No, it's not. But I, I just think when you have the opportunity to have that high of a pick and multiple quarterbacks that are good enough to go there, <laughs> I think, and unless you know you have the guy. Which I don't think anybody thinks they have the guy. Uh, Pete Carroll knows he has he the guy. <laughs> a guy, but they don't have the guy. I think you got to take the take the swipe. Mm. What's a what's next year's quarterback draft class looking like? Well, the, the well you have two A plus plus prospects in Drake May and Caleb Williams, but Seattle's not going to suck enough to to be in that position. Or they know Geno Smith will not get them anywhere. That was probably a fluke last year. And in theory, the NFC should get better. And reality is like Seahawks, unless I guess you have another amazing draft, will not get that much better. So they'll maybe be, you know, lower tier. I, maybe I, in that running. I highly doubt they'll ever be in that. Running. They're playing some 5D chess right, the right now. The are not going to trade away from that pick. Let's talk about, we're going to talk later in the episode about somebody who, let's... Now, unfortunately, I think their coach is too good, so they couldn't tank enough to do this. But, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see if you just tank and try and get Drake Mayer kid in the mm. Talk about it later, though. Okay. Somebody All else. Right. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think you got to draft a quarterback here. Okay. What would you do if you're the GM of the Seahawks? Uh, I would have not signed Geno Smith. <laughs> I probably would have just gone into the draft and said, you know, we're taking a QB. Sorry, Geno. Because um, you're right. You can't. Your ceiling is so low with Geno. I know he made the playoffs last year. A lot of that is contributed to the fact that not only was the conference weak, but the team that was supposed to steamroll the conference, the Rams, were trash just fell off a cliff and yeah you were you were at one point i kind of picked them to be the winners of their division yeah i i just don't see it going that way this year and i really again you know that's nice gino's been a team player since he's got there pete loves him he's actually been better than we all thought i get it but i wouldn't as i'm the gm i wouldn't have signed him and then yeah probably in my head i'm thinking then draft a qb yeah to me that's what uh, again this is what makes this defensible. Like you were knowing, knowing you were going to have a good enough pick to draft a quarterback this year anyway, and you go and draft a quarterback. Like if they really pay Geno this money, being like Geno's the long-term option, then I think you're done. I'm curious what the plan was last year. Like you couldn't have thought like we're contenders here. Oh, I think I think they were tanking. <laughs> I, no, I really do. I kind of think they were tanking. I Pete, they just Pete definitely wasn't. But they just hit on almost everything in the draft last year. And their division fell to, you know, garbage. I mean, the Cardinals yeah. and the Rams were yeah. some of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. But, I, you know, I wonder what, like, you know, the long-term plan. Because clearly they've – it couldn't have been Geno. No. So 
And like, what? Like, did He showed us something last year, certainly. He made the playoffs. But like, he showed him like $160 million. So it was $105 million over three years. Now, I don't know. Oh, wait. The exact. Danny Dimes is the 160s. What? Danny Dimes is $160 million, not Gino. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Gino's contract. Yeah. I mixed up the numbers between those two contracts. That's why. Oh, okay. I got you. Now, I think, what is it? 75 of it is guaranteed. So Good Lord. He's guaranteed <laughs> to make 25. I mean, if that was if that was the high end of the contract, then that's what I would have been comfortable with signing him for. But, hell, at the end of the day, like I said, if you draft a quarterback, I'm totally fine with the numbers they're giving him. Sure. I, I mean, I guess, yeah. Okay. All right. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Take it away with the news. Rapid fire news. Yes. All right. Keep it with the football for a minute. So the the Ravens, they officially franchise tagged Lamar Jackson. Not exclusive, too. Sure. I mean, like, we'll see if Lamar's is true to his word and he won't play on it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of franchise tags, Josh Jacobs was franchise tagged by the Raiders the other day. Mm-hmm. So they use, they use their franchise tag. But all right. Uh, the Celtics. Since we were last here, they've actually gone 0 and 3. They lost to the Nets, a Kyrie Irving and KD-less Nets. So uh, they lost to the Knicks as well and the Cavaliers. And it has you questioning: Did they give the coaching job to Joe Mazzulla a little too quickly there? <laughs> a great first half, but not well since. But uh, my guy, Dmitry Orlov, he's been on the Bruins for a week. He was named the NHL's first star of the week. So everything the Bruins do, everything they touch, turns to gold. Uh, and they've only what, played one game since we were last year. But all right, tennis news. Novak Djokovic, you know, he's, uh, there's a, the Miami Open this week. Mm-hmm. He cannot enter the country he was barred wow. be- because of his COVID status. One of the only countries in the world that still has this. I know, right? By the way, he's been to America twice in the past year. Just uh, every time there's a there's an open, then he suddenly gets barred. He can come on vacation all he wants, but if he's gonna uh, play, he can't. But uh, yeah, that's been uh, that's been your rapid fire news for the week. I didn't even know America was still doing that. Uh, only when there's an open. <laughs> yes, only when it can, they can make a headline with it. So, yeah, that has been your rapid fire news this week. Uh, I want to f- say one other thing though. Okay. Uh, the Arnold Invitational. Oh yes, Kitayama one. That's the the second guy that. Um, Joe told us to keep an eye on. Okay. For, I know he went on about John Brown. Yeah. But but the last one he said was Kitayama. I would say last one as if he had a bunch. That was the only two he said. <laughs> and then Kitayama won the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational Open. So. Right. Nice foreshadowing there by Joe. Yeah. Kind of yeah. get that out of the park a bit. That's why, we, that's why we had him in as the golf expert. Exactly. Because he knew exactly what he was talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, it's not like I knew anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No, nope. just the big name. I also like. I I was very interested actually when he was talking about golf. I was. Oh no. I find it very fascinating. But then I went and didn't watch. I watched so. a little bit of it just because it's on at the restaurant I work at a lot. So. Oh well, that's that's a little different. And then I saw Kitayama in the lead. So I was. You work like, with Jeff? What? You work with Jeff? Remember Jeff? He used to. He loved his golf at Tony C's. Oh. If Jeff was there, his golf had to be on. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't work with Jeff. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to the Danny Dimes deal. Some of the biggest news. What is it? Four yeah. years, one hundred and sixty million. Uh, yeah, eighty-two guaranteed. Oh God! This is exactly what I said. I, I warned them about this 
was it like week five? I know. Maybe week six. Uh, the Dable dilemma is it's this is exactly what I said it was gonna be. Hey, you're winning too many games. You might end up paying. you like you might end up paying Daniel Jones real money. And people are like what? Daniel Jones is never gonna get real money. He only threw 15 touchdowns. Russell Wilson threw 16, and yet here he is with 160 million dollars, <laughs> 82 guaranteed. Now 82 guaranteed would mean that he's only making 20 and a half men. Yes, but. I mean, we know he's going to get way more than that. He'll hit some of these. Oh, I heard I heard they front-loaded the hell out of this contract. So when it doesn't work out in two years, he's very much going to be on the unemployment line. Okay, that's good at least. But, I mean, it's still stupid. Yes, because now two years, you your ceiling is the wild card round. Uh, Divisional round. I mean, again, I, I think if you could make the playoffs again. That's pretty. That's what I mean. Like that's 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 the ceiling. Yeah. Because you're not going to get two years of healthy I'll, Saquon. I'll tell you right now, this is a great day if you're a Cowboy or an Eagles fan. Or a heck, Patriots fan. <laughs> so, but here's the thing: with the Giants, maybe they told themselves, "Well, this roster isn't that good. We're going to mostly rebuild through the draft, which means we'll be cheap, so we can afford to overpay Jones for two years." But the problem with that is. Now you have to know for a fact. Like you have like there's no margin for error here. Like you have to hit a home run in the draft for the next two years. With multiple picks. Because <laughs> the cap space to go get free agents that are gonna make a difference is a lot leaner now. I I mean I just I know the quarterback market's insane. I know everyone's so terrified to not have one, but Man, I never thought. I I thought this was the limit. I thought there's no way that Daniel Jones, Mr. 15 touchdown passes, can get paid 35 plus million dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, the rumor was 40, and we're all like, wow, like no way, blah blah blah. And yeah, he got it. <laughs> Damn, did he get it? Uh, it's it's. I wonder where the starting position was. Is he the? Is he have the best agent in football right now? Then maybe. <laughs> Maybe, because yeah, I'm curious where the starting position was. Because when it comes out, he's like, oh, he's talking 40 million. Obviously, that can mean he the number was 46 million, 47 million. Um, and we just heard from you know the Chinese telephone of word getting passed around that's oh, he's in the 40 millions. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I'm like, wow, he might even get 35. No, he got it. He got he got apparently exactly what he was asking for. Again, so like I'm wondering what were the Giants like? Hey, what about what about this? What about 32, 40? 35 40 37 40 and like are you just are you worthless at this uh negotiation yeah like because he daniel jones seemed to get exactly what he wanted i know and he, like it came out a couple days ago he wanted 40 we all said you're like that's ridiculous and then he got it that's the thing that makes us even crazier because it's not i mean when you when we're in these situations where like people want to get paid usually most of the fan base or the media or at least on Twitter and, and you like you see the people are like no nah, he's worth it just pay him just pay him I mean the Sox with Xander pay him whatever he wants people in the Ravens plenty of people fans want Lamar paid I feel like it was almost universal everyone laughed <laughs> at Daniel Jones and his 40 million even Giants fans I think were like no way I if they paid him I don't know exactly. Like usually you have pressure from your fan base. I didn't feel like they had any pressure from their fan base. No. No, I mean, I heard I heard very little. I, it was almost like they were, like, quiet. Like, oh, 
Like, oh, well, I'm down to like they were like excited about Daniel Jones. Like, oh, that was cool. Like, let's bring him back. That's 25, 30 million. That's, and they said 40, and they were all just like, excuse me, like what? And they're all kind of like muttering amongst themselves, like, like, do we like Daniel Jones? Like all the memes, you know, like, like I don't see memes about the Ravens just telling Lamar to go take a hike. No. Well, I didn't. The I, minute that news came out, I just saw memes everywhere about the Giants be like. Oh, I, I saw NFL memes, but I think like the Giants fans were all like, because they like Daniel Jones, because like he's a likable guy, I guess. And like when your team is crap, like who cares? So yeah. yeah, I get that. Like who cares? He's just entertaining, especially when he's running forty yards down the field and he trips over nothing. <laughs> like that's entertaining. So I feel like Giants fans are like, yeah, we like Daniel Jones. Let's bring him back. That actually worked out. We got Brian Dable now. But then he's like, forty million dollars, and they're all looking at each other like. Are you going to throw the stone? Like, do we actually like Daniel Jones this much? But no one wants to say, like, no, we definitely don't like Daniel Jones this much. Yeah. But, like, they're all like, ooh. Ooh. And, yeah, I mean, I think this is, like, the one of the worst things an NFL franchise can do. I mean, I think they – the second Brian Dable was proven to be – a god like he knows everything he just knows what to do you should have been and the tank was ruined it's like all right the tank was ruined let's enjoy this year but like but daniel jones is not coming back yeah and next year we'll tank and it's like okay or, we'll or s- you franchise tag him for a year no you can say s- go prove it sure i guess but you, i'm saying you sit brian dable down and be like listen you're clearly a great coach but the way we want to make this team is through the draft mm-hmm. so your job is safe we're not going to tell you to tank but like we're going to kind of we're going to get rid of some of these players, so we're going to suck. Yeah. So we can do that draft. But your job is safe because you're you're a proven master of your craft. Yes. So I think that's what the Giants should have done. Said, listen, we're going to do through a light rebuild here. Your job is safe. Don't worry about a thing. Yeah. Just deal with it. <laughs> Which I'm sure Brian Dable probably doesn't want to do. No. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this is about the worst thing an NFL franchise can do. I don't think Brian Dable. I've seen Jared Goff make a Super Bowl. I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo make a Super Bowl. I saw Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. You can win pretty big in the NFL with average quarterback play. What you, The one thing you can't do, though, is you can't take an average or even just kind of good quarterback and pay him elite money. The minute you do that, you are no longer a Super Bowl contender. You're the Vikings the last couple of years with their cousins. You're what the Dallas Cowboys are now with Dak in the contract. Like, the Cowboys are no longer a Super Bowl contender when they've been paying Dak this money. They're lopping off pieces before the season last year that hurt him down the stretch. They'll lop off more pieces this year from that team. And Dak's not good enough to make it work. And everybody knows the story with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, right? Mm. The Ravens, after they paid Joe Flacco all that money, right? It's the one thing you cannot do in the NFL. If you you can win at a high level with average quarterback play. But if you pay an average quarterback or even just a slightly above average quarterback elite money, you are out of the Super Bowl window. You are no longer in the conversation. It's like that uh, It's like that joke. What? About uh, Tom Brady. Oh. It's like, oh, he's taking discounts every year. It's like, oh, man, he discounts, discounts, discounts. And then he's in the, he's in the Super Bowl again. It's like, oh, my God, how does he do it? Because <laughs> the money is spent on the team. Yes. Like, he was making... Like $17, $18 million. <laughs> and again, it was a time where the quarterbacks were making $25 million, And that was the big price tag. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what did Matthew Stafford, like, set the record for, like, a $30 million contract? And we were all like, oh, my God. Now we're here. Aaron Rodgers has $50 million a year. So 
like thirty million dollars has become the discount. It's wild. But still, like you gotta if you are serious about winning a, a Super Bowl as a quarterback, and you're elite, you need to be willing to take a pay cut. Because mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, maybe if you're elite, if you're like Patrick Holmes, you don't necessarily have to. You'll still. But even, but even Patrick, if you go look at his deal, he could have made more money than he does. But he's good enough to will his team, even with a high number. Yeah. But sure, if you really want to even be in the conversation with Tom Brady, you should take a pay cut. Mm-hmm. If you want to be there in the AFC NFC Championship game every year, you should take a pay cut. If you want to win the division every year, you should take a pay cut. As a, as the elite starting QB. Yeah, but certainly you shouldn't be paid forty million dollars as some dude. Who would you rather have, Jared Goff or Daniel Jones? Jared Goff, probably. Yeah, I would take Jared Goff over Daniel Jones in a heartbeat. Yeah, I probably would too. Jared Goff has had more playoff success. Jared Goff can throw the football at a much better level than Daniel Jones. Yeah, can. I don't even care about the previous success. I actually like. I see. I I don't even think Daniel Jones is necessarily bad his arm is average at best his his mobility is average at best which is fine yeah it's it's good especially since mac jones has less say, than average I mobility say, I would say jones but his mobility is above average but i would say his accuracy I, I guess is actually pretty average to even slightly below like i don't think he's a very accurate thrower no no yeah i mean a lot of his play last year when he was doing good was a lot of that Tom Brady go through the progression safe plays dumps to your uh, running backs uh, the best thing about him short passes the best thing about him in the Vikings game was his running yeah they ran him a lot a lot I remember that yeah a lot maybe they're trying to like man we're winning too much (laughs) Daniel Jones needs to get hurt I'm sure they weren't like that no I know but yeah I just Wow, I couldn't believe that. But they certainly keep him from throwing it downfield. Yes. Any way, any way they can. You know what, Daniel? Just run this one. <laughs> Slayton's open downfield every play. Just run it. Ah, uh, you really hit this one on the head. Yeah. Four week five, you said it. Yeah, I mean they were like five and one. It's like, bro, you you're already. Yeah. Like you already ruined the tank. So. It was kind of. I don't want to say like it was obvious, but. It was in I our. Mean, it was in our faces. No, 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 no. It was obvious that they were going to ruin the tank. It was not obvious that, that they were going to have to go out and shell out a bunch of money for Daniel Jones. Listen, I didn't expect forty million dollars. <laughs> you were like, "What are you going to do now? You're going to pay yeah. Daniel? That's not yeah. going to take you to a good place." Yeah. So and, yeah, you, you, you. And then Giants were like, "You know what? We're going to pay him. Watch this." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, oh man, forty million dollars for Daniel Jones." <laughs> You think we're not going to pay him? Mr. 15 touchdown passes. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, before we take a break, let's let's touch, <laughs> let's touch on the WBC real quick. So the World Baseball Classic started this morning. And this first round is rough because it's all in, like, Japan. <laughs> and yeah. So these, these are at weird times. Like, I think this first game was at 645 in the morning. The other games tonight, I think there's one at 11 or 10 o'clock. It's South Korea. And I'm drawing a blank on the other that they're playing. Oh, these aren't giving me times. It's not? No. Oh, wait a minute. There you go. Uh, so Australia and Korea play at 10 o'clock tonight. Okay, there. There we go. And then Panama and the Netherlands play at 11 tonight? Pan- <laughs> Panama plays twice today? Well, yeah, because they're trying to avoid elimination. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess they do. 
I mean, there's so much time in between in Japan. Isn't that a different day? Uh, probably is. Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely we're is. We're talking about a game that was on at 6 a.m. today. And then is <laughs> on at 11 p.m. Like that's yeah, that's different days. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, point. you're right. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> so, oh wait, no, Panama won though. So Panama's trying to advance. Yeah, and they play the Netherlands. So. Wait, wait, wait! You're just you're just saying the Netherlands are playing who? Panama. Okay. So Panama is like I mean I know they got Bogarts and like Didi Didi Gregorius. Yeah. But like you got like eight shortstops and that's it. <laughs> You don't have. We'll see what happens. You don't have pitchers. Panama won today over Chinese Taipei, twelve to five. Yes. But anyway, the World Baseball Classic first round's rough because it's in Japan. This is great baseball though, and it's had it's had a pretty big effect now in the last couple of years. Uh, not a couple of years, but the last couple of ones. You've seen guys who have been able to show out in the World Baseball Classic, and then the year after get contracts in the major leagues. Tanaka had a very good um, World Baseball Classic. Jose Abreu showed off quite a bit for Cuba. I, If I'm not mistaken, I thought either Abreu or Mancada left the Cuban team when they were at the World Baseball Classic, and that's how they stayed in America and then got to the majors. If uh, I'm not mistaken. Somebody did that from the Cuban team. I know that. I don't think it was Mancada. I don't think it was Mancada either. I think it was Abreu. Because I remember, like, the, the Red Sox-Mancada signing, I remember, like, like that was the same time as um, oh, that other one that never the dog, worked. Uh, Rusny Castillo. Yeah, him and like they just they threw so much money at the two of them. I remember, yeah, because Dombrowski was still here. Yeah, yeah. But so Actually, the World Baseball Classic, right? If you want to see the next star that's going to come into the league, that's usually one of the good ones to watch. Whether it be the Cuban team, the Japanese team, the South Korean team. I think Hinshin Ryu. Also had a really good World Baseball Classic. Actually, no, I remember it. Hinchirio did have a World Baseball Classic before he came to the States as well. So it's been a great opportunity now for national guys to showcase talent in front of Major League Scouts. Yeah. Actually, it was Ben Sherrington. It wasn't Dombrowski yet. Yeah. With the Mankata signing song. Ben Ben Sherrington. I mean, back in the day when Ichiro first got here and those kind of people and stuff, it was always like, well, how will they do against Major League talent and players? Otani played also in the World Baseball Classic before he got here. Um, and now you actually have a stage where you can face major league talent. Yeah. So it, it's been it's been a very it's been a huge development as far as baseball internationally, these stars coming into the MLB. I mean if you look at like I don't know, baseball doesn't really I don't even know if it's still in the Olympics. I know sometimes they take it out. But like it's not in the Olympics anymore. So I know, yeah, sports like that, sometimes they'll just place it in, oh, like, Japan wants baseball in their Olympics, so, like, they'll get it, uh, stuff like that. But, like, you look at uh, other sports like uh, basketball and hockey, like, the international tournaments, like, are beloved. Mm-hmm. Hockey's not huge, especially because, like, you need certain climates just to play it. But, uh, I mean, the Winter Olympics are not even nearly as big as the Summer Olympics, but the biggest, one of the biggest pulls of Winter Olympics is hockey. Mm-hmm. And although, like, the winter Olymp- or the summer olympics are very like oh all these individual sports track and field swimming gymnastics one of the biggest pulls of summer olympics is basketball mm-hmm. cuz like, people love to see not only do people love to see like their favorite players representing where they're from uh, but like i mean the players love to do that as well especially the hockey players mm-hmm. uh, it is nice to see like this display of other countries participating in it. like oh wow look at that look at that guy from 
Croatia. He's so good at basketball. Maybe he'll be in the NBA one day, and he gets that showcase and stuff like that. So maybe not like not necessarily these are guys that are going to be all pros one day because they're certainly not. But yeah, to see a showcase of other talent from around the world, uh, it is it is fascinating to watch. I'll watch other people how they play the game and stuff like that. It's it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also the energy level for like when the DR plays, sure, Japan plays or the Korean team plays is really cool to see on television. Sure, like the fans go nuts. Yeah, in Japan they do weird stuff. In the crowd, it's kind of like a football game a little bit. Some of the stuff the crowd does. Uh, Japan is weird. Yeah, they are very odd. It's but it's cool to see. Sure. Yeah, no, the culture that is involved in other country sports. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it is very different. Like, we, when we watch a sport we, where we can be rowdy and we get signs and we have chants and all that stuff. But they, they'll sing songs. They have the little like, theme songs they all sing. They have, like, dances they all do as, like, a group. Um I know, like, the most extreme we do it is, like, a like if your team is a Native American team, you do, like, the... Uh, yeah, which, yeah. I mean, I know, like, some college teams do that stuff, too, I, I don't think. know if it was the DR in Japan, but they had, like, different songs that the crowd would sing. Yeah. Specific guys got to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that every now and again in, like, American sports. Mm-hmm. Like, uh... 2013 World Series, Shane Victorino. Yeah. Every time he came up, the Red Sox fans would all sing his walk-up song. That's just like an everyday occurrence in like at games in like the DR or the uh, Cuba and stuff like that. These are just everyday. They're just that rowdy all the time. Yeah. Especially like yeah, I mean, we hate soccer, but European soccer fans are hugely rowdy, and I think that's a good comparison to how these 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 countries are. Mm-hmm. They're so passionate. It's like America. We've we are passionate. But it's almost like it's just so much like it's so much a part of our day. We've almost lost some of that. Mm-hmm. Like it's just we're too casual with it now. Yeah. And it's just in our face all the time. And, and these guys have the ability to have their country go up against, you know, the major leaguers. Yeah. And so they're like, we want to show that we're, you know, every bit is good. And some of them are. And every bit is passionate. Exactly. Exactly. So World Baseball Classic is pretty awesome. Like I said. Bear through it. The first round is tough because they're on at weird, weird times. But when they start playing the games in Florida and Arizona, you should tune in, especially the DR, the U.S. games. Also, I understand for these organizations, right, the major league organizations being petrified of, like, your pitcher playing in this. But I, I think there's a value in it for your position players. I think it's a value that your guys – are then going to start the season already having played in meaningful games. Yeah. In meaningful at-bats. Yeah. The pitcher one I definitely more understand, especially the age we live in where pitchers will be on the D- the 60-day, or excuse me, the 60-day IL, yeah. uh, whatever we call it nowadays, because uh, they just, they're not feeling great. It's, it's just something wrong. They know what it, they know something's wrong. Can't explain what it is. Something's just wrong. <laughs> like, uh, how many, we were in, like pitches and catches reported in like within three days. Like Degrom was shut down, Bella was shut down, Pavetta was shut down. Again, none of these seem to be long term, but a, everyone was immediately like, caution, caution, everyone caution. Yeah. Like can't let any of these people tweak anything, any funny feelings. They can't pitch for a week. Mm-hmm. So I understand the the pitcher one, but um, no, sure. Like seeing live hitting, mm-hmm. no, like seeing live hitting and um. Uh, swing training is different because like it's just going through it doesn't really matter that much it's also, this, it's also by the end by the third inning you're facing guys that aren't going to be in the majors yeah and even, it's all, and even the major leaguers you do face like I remember once 
watching a spring training game and Clay Buckholtz was pitching. He only pitched like an inning and a half, and almost the entire time he was throwing curveballs because yeah. he was just trying to work on his curveball. Yeah. No, yeah, they're trying to they're trying to work on mechanics, uh, trying new pitches, yeah. trying to perfect a pitch, um, just trying to get back in the rhythm of things. I think, I mean, I mean, there's a reason pitchers start earlier. Yeah, to get they need they take a little more time to get in the groove to become like I, I know we're the age of the 200 inning starter is gone, but even like just. For years, it's been like April, you only go five to six innings. And then when like May starts, then you start hitting the seven, eight inning uh, for your starters. Now, I mean, that's gone. But that, that's always how it still used to be. At the beginning, you can't throw as much. As, as, um, as the season goes on, you get more in, you can go more innings, you can throw more pitches. Um, but when you have like the World Baseball Classic, like the the innings are ramped up quicker which sure that may be bad for their elbows but you're in the big game moments faster yeah you're because when i was saying like with uh spring training like yeah you're just getting you're just getting prepared for the season it doesn't matter if you win or lose it doesn't really matter if you have an over three day you're just trying to get the kinks out you're trying to shake off the rust you're trying to get back in the groove world baseball classic you're actually really trying to win these games you want the medal you want the victory and uh, that's obviously much more what you're going to expect in an MLB game and you're much more prepared when the season starts because the games are real you're playing for real you're playing harder mm-hmm. so yeah that definitely prepares you more yeah I definitely was an advantage of it especially for hitters um, but anyway so with that we're going to take our first quick break when we come back uh, going to be a bit more uh, football talk again some other quarterback contracts so stick with us guys Keeping with some baseball, so the new the new MLB rules are here, uh, working out the kinks. People getting used to them, and I mean, I had mixed feelings at first. I mean, for the most part, I still do. Like the bigger base one, I think is kind of dumb. We'll all get used to it. It's an extra three inches. <laughs> the idea is less injuries. That one's not really a big deal, but the big one or the big two, pitch clock and the shift. Not without controversy. Now, the pitch clock, I am very much actually moving more and more towards I'm a fan of it. Mm. We're going to have to work out some stuff. We're going to have to get used to some things. You know, the strikes call when a batter's not even in the box yet. Yeah, We'll get used to this stuff. Uh, the MLB said we want the umpires to be very um, strict with this stuff so the batters and pitches will get used to it. And you've already you're already seeing some controversy again with the balls and strikes. That Red Sox game that ended like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I think it was against the Braves. Yeah, against the the batter didn't get in the box quick enough. Strike three, game over. Uh, but you've seen like uh, I don't know if you saw Max Scherzer was pitching the other day. Mm-hmm. So he was, which I thought was genius, but then the LB came out and said like you can't you can't do this. Sorry, where he'll, he'll hold the ball to get the pitch clock way way down to get the batter to call timeout. Mm-hmm. The second he steps back in the box, he throws the ball. Mm-hmm. So Matt Scherzer never 
steps off the rubber, waits for the clock, waits for the batter to step out, and then the second he steps in, he throws a quick pitch. Genius. Yeah. Can't do that. You got to you got to give the batter a second. That's what the MLB said, or else we're just going to call it a ball. All right, so we're already getting convoluted. Yes. <laughs> Which is generally every time you add a rule, it gets a little more convoluted, but the idea, I like the idea still of the games it's still working yeah. games are going worlds faster um and for the most part people are getting used to it mm-hmm. these strike these random strike calls and balls are getting less frequent even though we're still in spring training we're getting used to it it's getting better the shift one which again we're already finding ways around it with the gallo one you see the gallo what the red Sox did no where so the infielders are generally in their position. Uh-huh. The shortstop is as far over as he can be. He's still on the correct side of the bag. Third bases move over a little bit. The center fielder is now the right fielder. The left fielder is the center fielder. And the right fielder is a very deep second baseman. Uh. So it's like that shift how it used to be where the second baseman's way out in right field. Yeah. Now the right fielder is there. And the second baseman is just in his spot. Ah. So... You have technically a, another infielder. He's just back on the grass. So they still we're still finding a way. Gallo still needs to learn to use the whole field, and I bet he won't. <laughs> but you know, these little things that aren't changing the game in a big way. So I, I like this stuff. I like that there still can be a shift. The pitch clock isn't. We're learning. We're learning the pitch clock. It's it's not going to make too much of a impact. Hopefully, mm-hmm. my one big problem with it is if. When I go to a Red Sox game or a baseball game in general, it's usually an all-day affair. It's not going to be that anymore. Mm. I'm going to be in the stadium for two and a half hours, and I'm going to have to leave. Like, this isn't an event anymore. <laughs> this is just something to do. Mm. So we'll get used to it, though. Again, like, it's good for the game, but like me personally, when I go to a game, I'm like, this isn't. This is too. too this is too fast. But that's whatever. Um, I, you know, there's some mixed feelings. The pitch clock thing I think was good because I think the game was just slowing down so badly. Can we make a rule though? Let's we can't end games on on strike three calls because we can get in the box. Let's can we throw the rules out in like the ninth and eighth inning and big? I would hope the umpires would. I think this is just a situation of the MLB is telling them to be so strict with it in spring training, yeah. so that despite the fact that let's say the ninth inning rolls around, they're gonna. They won't call that, mm-hmm. but they have it in the back of the batter's head that they might. Mm-hmm. So it'll just like, we're going to get in the box quick in the ninth inning for the fear that it'll happen, even though the ump's like, I can't call this right now. Yeah, I think under no circumstances does the Major League Baseball need a, <coughs> should allow a game to be decided by one of these new rules in the regular season. No. Absolutely not. That cannot be allowed. And if it does, I'm going to be really mad. Because now we're we're changing the product of the game. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's that's why I think that needs to be strict now when it doesn't really matter, so that when it does matter, we can pull back a little, and it won't, and games will still be under three hours, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So the, the the batters and pitches will be used to it. It's no thing to them, and we don't even have to enforce that part of it. Yeah, it'll just be a, everyone's just regular motion. We're just going through the motions. So I don't I don't really see it being too much of a problem. But yes, if it if it happens, it'll be like, come on, like, come on. We couldn't make we couldn't extend this last out for another two minutes. Yeah. God forbid. Like if we're at that point, this the problem with baseball, or at least the, the, the things that baseball is thinking, right? We can't have first, second, third, fourth innings where nothing's happening. 
take as long as they do. I promise you, if you're in a game, in a close game in the 7th, 8th, and ninth, no one cares anymore if it's taking a little bit of time. Yeah. If it's a big situation, there's people on base, the suspense is built. Like, we're fine. Yeah. We're okay with more time in between pitches. We're, we're focused in. Sure. And, I mean, have you seen those videos going around of, like, how many how many inside-the-park home runs can Jose, Jose Altuve hits before uh, this person throws a pitch? Mm-hmm. And it's just clips side-by-side side of one thing happening yeah. and happening over and over and over again, like six, seven, eight times before one pitch is thrown in yeah. like an MLB game. Yeah. So that those memes alone were enough to be like, you're right. We need to speed up this game. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, you'll watch, I watched Jose Altuve run around the bases seven times before this clip of, I don't remember who the pitcher was. It was a Dodger. Um, he was just constantly just stepping off. Oh, got to step off. Sorry. And then, yeah, he ran around, he ran around the bases seven times yeah. before he threw one pitch. Yeah. And like those, those memes, those very quickly, like, all right, they, they made us all on board very quickly. Yeah. I, I get why they had to do this. This, you know, there are kinks that need to be worked out and. Under no circumstances in the regular season can a game be decided by one of these rules. Do not allow that to happen. Yeah, because you're right. When we get to the end of a game, we're not. I when it's the ninth inning of a game, I'll I'll, I'll be looking. I'll be playing at a baseball game and I'll look at my phone. I'll check the time every now and again. Mm-hmm. When it's the ninth inning, it's like, oh, it's it's past ten o'clock. Like, hurry up, guys. Like, no, we're already this late. I, I the game's going to end soon. Take your take your time. I don't care. Just do it. Yes. Exactly. For the shift one, right? So what you're saying is the left fielder basically kind of becomes the center fielder, the yeah. center fielder becomes the right fielder. Yeah. Let me try to find a picture for you, just so you know what I I'm mean, yes, about. that's still having a shift, but man, if they hit a ball to the outfield the other way. Sure. I mean, they are going to run forever. Um, so I feel like, yes, there's a way around the shift, but you're probably only going to take that chance now in more extreme circumstances. Like guys like Joey Gallo. That's not it. Well, yeah, because Joey Gallo has just absolutely no ability to go the other way. Yeah. I can't find this. He's literally a softball player playing baseball. Okay. He's okay. like, he's he's literally the 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 40-year-old playing softball. He's, so you got third baseman at shortstop. Yeah. Shortstop's right there. Second baseman. There's the right fielder. Okay. Behind him is the center fielder, and then there's the... I see that. <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, though, man, Major League Outfielders can cover a lot of ground. Yes. You know what? That left fielder is not out of, out, out of, out, as out of position as maybe everybody thinks. No, because there is a massive gap in between where the center fielder is in right field and where the... Because the left fielder is still leaning to yeah. the left side of the field. Mm-hmm. So he's not technically in center field. You know what? That has made me switch. I think we're not going to see a massive difference. Probably not. <laughs> for some players, I mean, we'll see a little bit of difference. But I, like, for I do think there'll be certain guys that you're not going to shift on anymore. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be a little bit more selective about when we shift. Yeah, like I assume there won't be any shifts for right-handed batters anymore. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it'll just be like the Joey Gallows. Um, I mean, I Devers probably won't get one anymore. Um, At least not that extreme. No. Uh, but like, yeah, Joey Gallo. I kind of felt bad. Why? Because, like, nothing's going to change for him. He's still going to hit hard ground balls to the right fielder now. Um, well, you know, maybe he should have became a complete baseball player instead of being a softball player. 
Well, he had 100 home runs before he had 100 singles, so... That's that's that, that was a wild stat that's, when I first heard that. That's one of the better stats I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, everyone said when shifts really started to come around, like, oh, they're going to learn to go the whole field. Everyone's going to learn to bunt. No one did that. I know. Not a soul. Bunting, bunting died with the shift. Somehow. Bunting should have been at a renaissance. Bunting died. No one, No one's like, I'm not learning that. Bro, bunting's not even not exciting. It is very exciting. Yeah. Like you just like it's always a tough play to make no matter what infielder gets the ball, pitcher, catcher, third baseman, first baseman. Like it's always an interesting play because the throw is always usually somewhat off balance. If it's the pitcher, it doesn't matter. It's going somewhere. <laughs> um, that's just, that's like by, bunting is exciting. Yeah. It's like it's like stealing. It's like such it can be such a small aspect of the game and so quick mm-hmm. and such a small just one little play, but so exciting. Oh, I love stealing. That that is so exciting when you're there. Yeah. I mean, uh, any any type. Listen, I know the the strikeout is sexy, the home run is sexy, but scoring runs any way possible is so much fun. Yeah. And honestly, it can be a little more fun when you're just hauling around the bases. Yeah. That's really exciting. Exactly. Indeed. All right. With that. Moving on back to the football talk, Derek Carr is official. He is going to be a New Orleans Saint. I remember my dad telling me he wasn't going to get more than $35 million. That was funny. He got $37.5 million. <laughs> um, you know, I saw some people, I don't know where New Orleans gets money from because they've been over the cap for yeah. so long, but good for the Saints. I saw some people ripping on them, being like, Dennis Allen, this team doesn't realize that, you know, they missed their window a long time ago. Da, 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 da. The division's awful. Like, I think the Saints are going to double their win total and be a playoff team now. Like, how are the Saints not the favorite in that division? Um, I mean, the Falcons look better than we thought last year. Maybe the Falcons have a decent offseason. Are we sure Desmond Ritter's the answer? Um, no, not at all. But like, and New Orleans defense was still decent last year. Now you got a proven NFL quarterback, right? And, you know, he had a bad year last year. When you're in a, as dysfunctional of a system as the Raiders are, that organization, it's hard to become above it. You're more likely going to ebb and flow with that dysfunction. So sometimes he's up, sometimes he's down. He was good two years ago. He didn't, wasn't as good this year. You see the NFLPA also on their grading gave Josh McDaniels an F. Uh, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. And that doesn't shock me at all. So... I, I think Derek Carr is going to have a good year. I think it was a great move by the Saints. At the end of the day, does it make the Saints a Super Bowl contender? Probably not because there's not enough talent here and they're way too over the cap. But in that terrible division, I get it now because to me, I, well, I, Kyle Trask is the answer in Tampa. Like, come on, man. I don't know what Carolina can do at quarterback fast enough that I'm going to think that they're going to be better than Derek Carr and the Saints. And I don't think Desmond Ritter is the answer. Hmm. So, your thoughts on the move? Sure. I mean, it certainly looks like the Saints could be looking good in the near future, yeah, especially with their division. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm dumbfounded how Derek Carr is making less money than Daniel Jones. I know. I'm not even the biggest Derek Carr fan, but, like, if I had to pick one between the two... Oh, you picked Carr in a heartbeat. I I would, without hesitation, (laughs) pick Derek Carr. So I think uh, Carr has more money guaranteed to him though than Jones. Yes, yes, no. He he had a hundred million guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering. Well, I mean, I know like 
I'm sure, like, we think Alvin Kamara is dead in the water. Mm-hmm. You can immediately just avoid that contract. For if you're the Saints, that's good for them and their cap situation. That helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm wondering, like, like if you're the Raiders, like, you got to be like, you colluded, right? And you're gonna you're gonna put a lawsuit or whatever they do against them. He went and visited with the Saints. They said we're not gonna make the trade. Or Derek Carr said I'm not willing to rescind my trade clause to them than to just sign with them a week later. Yeah, that's true. It kind of sounds like you were sitting there being like, hey, man, let's uh, scratch our, you scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. If you just say we're not going to, if you're not going to allow the trade to go through. But we don't have to give up draft picks. Yeah, we don't have to give up any assets and we'll give you a, we'll give you a, exactly, well, not exactly what you want with the money wise, but we'll be more willing to play ball with what you want for money. That sounds like collusion to me. If that's how it went down. Yes. And how do you prove that you really I mean, you can't visited other people as if New Orleans shelled out the most money? Sure. I mean Do I think New Orleans shelled out the most money? I'm not sure. It's hard to believe for me that the Saints really offered more than the Jets. But I mean I don't know what you can offer. But I'd rather go to New Orleans than the Jets, too, if I was Carr. Because I think that would be a terrible place for Derek. Oh, sure. I'd rather... The weather's better. Yeah. I mean, there's still... There's crime everywhere, both of them. But, like, I'd rather be in New Orleans than New York City. Mm -hmm. Personally. Speak personally, New York sucks. I know, (laughs) like, New York Jets franchise maybe looked better last year than the Saints franchise. But, like, do we really expect the Jets to figure it all out before the saints figure it all out i kind of don't no <laughs> um so i get it from Derek Carr's perspective it's just like if you're the raiders i'd be a little pissed yeah what do the raiders do now though <sighs> mistake but the, just... whatever the wrong thing is so like if you don't get air <laughs> which they're not i don't think they're gonna get him either do you you gotta go get jimmy g right I mean, the last thing you want to do is draft a quarterback. Josh McDaniels has another terrible season. I mean, unless I mean, Josh was meeting with Davis last year. Like, you can't just tell me that Josh can go can win four or five games again and he's just fine. No, no, I don't think so either. But then, how can you draft a quarterback? Like, you got to be if you're drafting a quarterback, you have to understand that there's a high possibility that you're going to suck. I mean, I we can't overreact. I've seen a, a mock draft that they might. I know. I have too. I've seen that they might also trade up to do it. But, like, he's paid McDaniels a lot of money. This ain't just the coach that you can just get rid of, especially for the, like, poorest owner in the NFL. Do you think if they trade up and get their pickings of quarterback, does that make it better? I mean, maybe if it's Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, but I can't see anyone doing business with them. I mean, The Bears? The Bears, if they switch out, I guess they could. I haven't seen a lot of mock drafts, though, where the Raiders have moved up that high. I see, it was one. You did? That's the only thing I can think of. Because if you're Josh McDaniels and you're this Raiders organization, I mean, you are going to take it in the teeth all year long Well, because when Derek Carr and the Saints win the division. There's a lot of rumors that Arizona's shopping the third overall pick, and that's why. Okay. So, like, they thought maybe the Raiders will get in there to but try to get a QB. The, okay, but even if they move up to three, there's no guarantee that Bryce Young and Stroud weren't one and two. And then you're well. I assume Houston's taking a QB at two. So you, to me, if they're drafting a quarterback, they have to call the Bears. They have to at this point because they need someone who can play right away. 
Levis and Richards, especially Richards, isn't that guy. Actually, the mock draft I'm looking at right now, I didn't see this one earlier. This is bizarre. What? They have Chicago and Houston trading the one and two picks for each other. No way. That is weird. That is. And then for this mock draft, they have Houston <laughs> taking Bryce Young one and Bears take Will Anderson, an edge rusher from Alabama at two. And then this one has Arizona trading their pick to the Carolina Panthers. See, if I, you know, it's funny. If I was the Bears, if I made that move, I would then trade my number two pick too. Like I do the trade with the Texans, and then trade the Texans pick, and then trade the Texans pick for more picks. I don't think Will Anderson is worth it. Mm. He's good, but on a team that needs so many different things, I'd rather have more picks. Okay. But yeah, I mean, what do you think the Raiders do from here? Unless, unless <laughs> the I, dumbest thing possible. Well, listen, listen, unless I've read the situation wrong, it, if Mark Davis is totally on board with Josh McDaniels, and McDaniels is safe. For the next year or two, okay, you can stay where you are and draft a quarterback. It's just, when I hear stories about you having meetings last year with the owner, and you moved off Carr, Carr's going to win the division. I just don't trust that Josh has the leash that you can just draft a guy at whatever pick they have right now and just be cool with sucking another year. Yeah, I am curious what exactly those meetings were about, though. Were they just sitting there being like, man, Derek Carr is ruining this team? Because yeah. in the end, that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did. Um, so, Like I said, maybe I've read the situation wrong. Maybe Josh has a, a two, three-year leash still. I would hope not, if you're the Raiders. Yeah. Because like, that was bad. And if he gets an F from the... NFLPA. Yeah, because like, those, those came from... The questionnaires or whatever the hell from the players. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rank, rank the like the training staff, the yeah. weight room, and all this stuff. So like that is even if like let's say your Davis did give him like you have the second year no matter what. That was all Derek Carr's fault. Like you have when that report comes out, you got to at least be like, oh maybe maybe I don't give him the second year no matter what. Yeah. Like you would hope so, but like I, Davis seems to just he likes to he kind of has that like nepotism. Like I like guys that I like. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't like Gruden. No. He loved Gruden. Didn't want even want to fire Gruden. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't see Al Davis siding with the right... Excuse me, yeah, Mark Davis siding with the right guys. And I... I don't trust their GM. Yeah. So, again, I think they'll make the wrong decision, whatever that is. Gun to your head, though, what do they do? Uh, I'll give you the three options. Do they sign a Jimmy G? Do they sit where they are in the draft and just draft whatever quarterback falls to them? Or do they trade up with the Bears and try and pick Bryce Young? Those are the three options. What do you think? I think they will try to trade up, fail, and draft a quarterback. I don't know lie. Yeah. Okay. Sounds right. That's about where I see it going, too. That sounds Raiders to me. (laughs) The only other one left on the table is I could see Garoppolo going there. Because he knows John. Yeah. He knows him. I know there was like the rumor, like we said Brady before we retired, then there was the Aaron rumors. Um, I really haven't heard anything in like the past week of them looking at any QBs anymore. There was a little bit and then it, it just died. For Maybe it's because they wanted a guy and like they're going after that particular guy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just no matter what they say, right? You say you're okay with something before you have to 
you know, deal with it for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm over my ex-girlfriend, and then you see her out all the time for a week straight or something. I don't know. Whatever happens. You live near each other. You see her all the time. You tell everyone you're fine. Blah, blah, blah. Why are you pointing at me? I'm not pointing at you. I'm just saying. Okay. Oh, okay. See, everybody <laughs> says they're fine. I'm fine, Dom. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> everybody says they're fine before they have to start dealing with it for a long period of time. It's easy. Davis and McDaniels can say they're fine, but when we're in week 10 and they suck and Nola's in first place and Carr's having a decent season and they're just taking it in the chops every Sunday from the media, <laughs> the fans. From the Chargers, the Chiefs, and maybe the Broncos. Yeah. Then are they fine? Are they patient enough to be fine? Like, I don't believe they are. Are you fine? I mean, here's the thing. I don't think anything can ruffle Mark Davis's feathers. Uh, maybe. Like, that uh, That guy doesn't seem to be bothered. Mm. Like, he's just like, yeah, I guess we're going to Vegas. I guess Gruden's out. I guess Derek Carr's out. I, guess, I like Josh McDaniel. Sorry. I don't know. We'll see. Build a new stadium in Vegas. Sorry, Oakland. <laughs> I guess. Right. Whatever. Moving on. Aaron Rodgers coming out of his darkness retreat. Like a week and a half ago and said nothing. And said nothing. He's like, I, I, I'm going to do this so I, so I know what I want. No. I mean, he did say, I need to stop fighting uh, that I'm a football player. It's like, maybe I am just a football player for as long as I play football. I heard something about that. You needed to sit in a dark room to figure that out. I don't know. What have we been telling you? <laughs> I mean, they, I, I'm not even saying like us. I did say like for the last two years, though, it did seem like he was very hard trying to be like, I'm a hippie. I'm a dude. I'm political. Bro, you can. I'm not just a football player. You can be a hippie and play football. I know. Like, but like if, it seemed like he was fighting the label of I'm a football player, which made him less dedicated to football. He also wasn't acting anything like a hippie. Other than going to exotic places and doing exotic drugs uh, and growing his hair out. And dating Blue of Earth. Listen. I date Blue of Earth, too. No, that's not <laughs> what I'm going to say. But exotic women, by that I mean just crazy white women, um, do not equate being a hippie. She probably is one. That doesn't make you one because you're, you're with her. Yeah. You got to still play the part. And that's not, no. You can associate. Listen. You can associate with a whole bunch of people. And sure, who you associate, you might develop more like them. But that doesn't actually make you them. Oh, I hang out you with a lot of hippies. You still have to act like them. Now, if you if you hang out with someone, you might start eventually acting like them. But you, unless you start doing it, you're not them. This is a perfect walk. Because I do hang out with a lot of hippies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to. Now I hang out with more, more Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but I did hang out with a lot of hippies. But it never made me a hippie. No. And I never tried to be a hippie. I, I was not a hippie. No. I knew I wasn't a hippie. No. In fact, sometimes they would annoy me after a while. <laughs> sure. But they're good people. They're good vibes. E, they, they in, in theory. Yeah. A, a lot of them aren't practice what they preach type people. Uh, it's everybody. Sure. <laughs> um, Aaron especially. It seems like now I'm hearing a lot of stuff that like, oh, it's, it kind of feels inevitable that he goes to the Jets. Apart from just the New York market, here's the other thing about the Jets that just doesn't fit with Aaron. It's a really young roster. And the offensive <laughs> weapons are all young. Garrett Wilson's going to be in his second year. Yeah. Both running backs are going to be in their second year. And he was 
getting annoyed with his rookie wide receivers in Green Bay. Yeah. And he always was like, we got to keep, we got to keep Mercedes Lewis. We got to keep Randall Cobb. Like, I don't, nothing about the Jets feels like a good match. Yeah. At all. No, he's, he's, um, he's definitely that meme. Like, how do you do, fellow kids? Yeah. Like, he thinks he can blend in and be cool, but, like, you don't like any of them, Aaron. Yeah. You, you're not getting along with them. You're not blending in. You're not being cool if you're not going to get along with any of them. Mm-hmm. So, that would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, there was... They want him. Oh, well, I like, know they want I, Brees Hall was tweeting, like... And, like, why wouldn't you? And I'm not saying he doesn't make them better. I'm sure they'd finish with a better record than they did last year. But it just feels like it's not the fit. No, if I'm the Jets, I would be very, very hesitant on it. But I, the Jets players, and I understand from their perspective, too, like, they really want a quarterback. Yeah. If I was the Raiders, I'd go Aaron over Jimmy G. If I was the Jets, I'd go Jimmy G over Aaron. If you're the Packers, do you Because just- I don't think Aaron, I think it's going to be dramatic. It's not going to work in the New York market. And you will be selling your future. You'll have no cap space to just make the playoffs. But they should have a lot of cap space. In a round or two. Because I don't think, I mean, I don't think Aaron is Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow anymore either. So. Yeah, but you still have a lot of money, right? Your star cornerback is rookie deal. Your star True. whiteouts are rookie deals. Your running backs are rookie deal. True, but I just think Jimmy fits better. I mean, like, he's. I think it's not gonna. I think in the in the building in the locker room, like it's gonna well, blow up a bit. Listen, everyone, almost almost everyone, this like the Kyler Murray's out there is a better fit in a locker room than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but I think Aaron could make it work in Las Vegas, though. Got Devante there. More experience. Now, Josh McDaniels and Aaron's a different yeah, conversation. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know if that would work. Um, but as far as the players and the media, he's a way better fit there than he is in New York. Sure. No, because, I mean, yeah, the New York media is a circus. And I know Vegas is a major city with a lot of publicity and eyes on it, but it's just not... No, not in terms of sports, sports media. media is no. no, there's way other things. No, yeah, it's different media yeah. that is all eyes on that city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you're the Packers, do you just do this? I mean, get I out. I would get out. Do you take him? I would. Do you take Zach Wilson? No. You're gonna go with Jordan Love. Yeah, you're gonna go with Jordan Love. And then what? The division's not great. You understand? <laughs> Quarterback play, like. To me, if they're willing to shop Aaron and they've said they're willing to shop Aaron, then that means I think that they think that Jordan might be ready to be good enough to get them the nine wins or ten wins. But do you believe that? No. <laughs> I mean, and they got the. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if they're seven and ten. And they get the fifteenth pick. Like, you're not going to draft QB. No, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if they're seven and ten. Well, that's why like, I think the Jets. Like, if you're the Jets, I mean, you have to throw Zach Wilson in there, right? You probably want to. I mean, you definitely want to, but you almost have to. Yeah. Like, he's he said, he came out and said, I will ruin the quarterback room. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> so, and I mean, if you're the Packers, I understand you're trying to get away from toxicity, but like, come on, you're used to it. What's the worst that can happen? I don't know. 
He can't ruin it any more than Aaron Rodgers did. They're just going to shut up. Yeah. Like, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see it going any worse if you bring in Zach Wilson. Mm. And that's just another option when Jordan Love doesn't work out. Might mm. that's just, yeah. I think I kind of think they maybe yeah. could work out. You know, Jets get rid of their toxic player, Packers get rid of their toxic player, and then they all try to make it work in new places. Yeah. And then if it doesn't, eh, who gives a damn? Because mm. at least like at the Jets, they'll give a damn because like you just sold some picks, you sold some futures for something that didn't work out. But like if you, if the Packers, I see that as a very low risk, possibly not that high reward, but maybe a high reward ish. <laughs> I don't see you have much to lose if you bring in Zach Wilson there. Yeah. No, I hear you. All right. With that, moving on to the next thing. Cap casualties. We'll, we'll quickly touch on some names. I know Frank, Frank Clark, I think. I don't know if he's been released already. I think he was. I think he was, yeah. Um, there's talks that Keenan Allen could be open on the market. There's a bunch of other big names out there. Orlando Brown, the left tackle for the Chiefs. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to be cap casualties. And some interesting places that they could go. I know Brian brought up in our group chat Frank Clark here with Judon. That would be very interesting. Yeah, but I don't see Frank Clark and Bill getting I, along. I don't either. I don't see it happening. The one I want to see is if the Chargers do have to cut Keenan Allen, I would love to see Keenan Allen go in New England. Mm. I, I mean, I like the talent. I know he gets hurt a lot. Yeah. And, you know, who, I mean, you know, who cares, like, who you get rid of, but, like. I mean, with the injuries, right, I think he's on the docket now to get paid $15 million or $16 million this year. I mean, he's just not worth it. He's not worth that anymore with how much he gets hurt. So he'll get cut. But he's still a productive, very good, and when healthy, one of the better wide receivers in football. Yeah. So then you'd have, like, what, you get a Keenan Allen, uh, Parker Bourne. Yeah. And then you're going to let Myers go sign somewhere and probably cut um, Aguilar. Or you could franchise tech Myers. Do you care that much? I kind of. That's the guy that laterals and he laterals in tie games. Listen, I kind of do simply because, like, Mac had one good year, one bad year. Like, we got to know. We got a real OC in here, right? So we can't be blaming Patricia and stuff. I got to know if. I have someone I can count on, or do we have to go look for another quarterback again? Do you, if you're the Patriots, do you draft a quarterback? No. no. Uh, a wide receiver? No. No. You, you can't draft one to save your life, so no. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm so out on that. We like Thornton. True. We can't, we didn't really get a C. You know, we had the co- collarbone and the, the, Offensive rather, coordinator issue. I would rather, because we got to know now with that, <clears throat> I'd rather go get someone you know is good to help him out. Well, that's the thing. If you bring in someone, then I, I really don't see the problem with letting Jacoby Myers go at that point. Because if you replace Jacoby Myers with someone, I mean, someone with like Keenan Allen and it doesn't work out, well, then, all right, Jerry's out, Mac Jones sucks. Yeah. So that's why, like, if you bring in someone, I, I, I'm very okay with letting Jacoby Myers go. If no one, you're right, if nothing happens, then, all right, can we bring him back? Now, I did say the same thing with Jones. Do you really see anyone paying the number that Jacoby gave to the Pats? Because I doubt. Uh, I think there's too much talent out there at wide receiver. I think he thinks he's better than he is. Because he you think so? Receiver. I mean, there's not a lot of, at least going into, like there wasn't supposed to be a lot of wide receivers. But D-Hop is probably going to get traded. Keenan Allen might get cut. 
I mean, yeah, but that's different than like free agency. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't see D Hop really. Maybe they'll cut him, but like, I that's a that's got to be a trading asset. Yeah, yeah, or you, yeah. or you, or you just sit on him. Um, you know, maybe if Keon Allen's out there, there's been uh, this. Uh, I almost called him San Diego. The Chargers came out and said like, "Oh, we'd really like to keep him." Yeah, but options open type of thing mm-hmm. so i wonder like if they're willing to if they don't if the trade doesn't uh materialize will they just keep him well they have to they're probably gonna have to give justin a contract here soon yeah so that's why i just can't see them keeping keenan at the number that keenan has now i mean i maybe one one more year have to pay keenan well but he's on the books it's 15 or 16 million dollars they're gonna have to pay Keenan now he's just not worth that anymore yeah but how many more years does <laughs> Um, Justin Happ? Yeah. I don't know. I thought he had to get paid this year, though. But I might be wrong. Well, he's got a... He might have one more year. He might have the fifth-year option or whatever it He was in the same draft as Burrow and them, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so Burrow's got one more year, so... Okay, I guess Justin's got one more year. So you could you could hold on to Keenan for one more year. That's what I mean. Like, you kind of get one more year of Which flexibility here. Probably cut Khalil Mack, then. Now, Mack ain't the pass rusher he used to be. Yeah. But that's an interesting name out there on the market. Well, he literally just his name yeah. draws eyes yeah. in the terms of trying to block him. He'll laugh if he goes back to the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that, uh, do you have anything more to say about some of the cat you know, casualties in the actually, NFL? You know what? I'd really laugh if he goes back to the Raiders. Yeah. That would be funny. That would be funny. But anyway, any more on the cap casualty stuff? Um. Well, you didn't talk about the man. Oh, no, we're about to. Oh, okay, okay. On the lines of cap casualty, though he will never be cut, Derrick Henry is officially on the training block. Now, I don't know if I said this on the show, but I did say it to you and you and Brian, I think maybe even at the end of the year last year while the football was still going on. I don't remember exactly. I think you've mentioned it on here. But, I mean, I think the Titans got to do it. I, it. I'm fascinated to see what they can get for Derrick Henry. Because it's a position that we feel is very replaceable, but it's also one of the best at it. And a guy who's super durable. I mean, if you're in that Super Bowl window, can the Titans get a first-round pick? For Henry, I don't see it. You don't see it? Okay. I, I don't see that. Like, that, that's... But what do you think, then? A second, a fourth, and a fifth? Oh, you think three? Or maybe two twos and a, and a four? I thought maybe even a two-three. You could do that too, um, but if you're gonna go three picks, yeah, maybe like a three, four, five. Mm-hmm. I think with the two, if you're gonna give up a two, I mean, maybe if it's a late round two, a team would be like, all right, two, five, six, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I don't, I just don't see the one. Teams are, if it's not a quarterback, it seems teams don't want to part with their ones anymore. Uh, wide receiver, if you're if you're a special enough wide receiver, teams will part with the one. I for DeAndre Hopkins, probably yeah, yeah, that'll probably oh, that'll I think, that'll probably I happen. I think D Hop is getting a first round pick. But like those days of like, oh, two firsts for a cornerback, like that that's that was, not happening. That was a hilarious day. Um, mm-hmm. But I, if you're also like, well, how, how many teams are out there really looking for a running back right now? Buffalo. But even if you're Buffalo, like, like you don't need a Derrick Henry. I certainly wouldn't argue with it. I mean, listen, if you have Derrick Henry, like, that's fantastic. That looks great. That's I, You love that. But you don't, like, 
we we've talked about their coordinator. Let's the personnel for the most part is fine. Mm-hmm. It's just like we they could use a better offensive coordinator um, and a running back. But we don't see. Like I've even said, like I think De- Devin Sengatari is a pretty good running back. It's just they have no faith in him. They have no situational running, and the, it's just the schemes are not good enough. Mm-hmm. So if you have slightly better schemes. I, I I don't see them needing a huge guy like Derrick Henry. He just, okay. I, I like Damian Harris would be pretty good for them. Yeah. I um, mean, I'm sure he'll be on the market. But like, how many teams need a running back out there and are actually willing to pay the price for a Derrick Henry? Panthers maybe. It can't be that long of a list. Panthers maybe. I wouldn't do it if I'm the Panthers right now either, though. There's so much. I mean, I, I mean, not so much you need. We like some things about the Panthers, but like, I this isn't the time I think to give up draft capital for a running back. If you're the Panthers, I really don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I gotta look at the Rams cap situation. So you're gonna have the same situation where you're gonna just put all the load on your running back again, like you do with McCaffrey, only for a year or two. <laughs> but you're not gonna win in that time. It's a bit more durable than Christian. Sure, yes, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're not going to win in those two years. I, Come I, on. I can't remember who was on the docket as far as who were teams that are interested. I think if you're the Falcons and you're comfortable with Desmond Ritter, they were a real run-first team last year. I kind of would see kicking the tires here on Derrick Henry and trying to bring him in. I'm looking up teams that could use a running back. Well, just look up Derrick Henry and just look up the rumors right now. Hmm. Uh, the Dolphins? Okay, that's interesting. Oh, you know, the Dolphins like to make big moves. Mm-hmm. They could actually benefit from a guy like that. Now it's just like, can you afford that now? I don't know. Because, yeah, Tyreek and... I mean, Jalen Waddle and Tua has got to be cheap, right? Well, yeah, they're not paying a quarterback, and Jalen's still on a rookie deal, too, so... Mm. That was interesting, actually. Mm. Detroit Lions? No. Uh, they have the Panthers here. Again, I just don't know. I don't know if that works right now. I know. I get it. I think Carolina is more set than people realize. They just have no quarterback. Uh, maybe. And I guess you can make the same argument that like, oh, man, the division, the conference, maybe not good. Maybe just try it. Mm-hmm. I guess. But if you weren't winning with McCaffrey last year, again, he's more healthy. Derrick Henry. But they won a lot of more games last year by just being like, let's just bear down this offense and we're going to run it. 40 times a game. Yeah. I mean, it actually did get better without McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I think you need to focus on, you know, if you get the quarterback and you feel like, yes, your guy, maybe, and you're like, oh, we got, we got capital still. Like, mm-hmm. why not? I guess, but it's just, I don't know. No, I hear you. It's hard. Yeah. Because like, the two to three picks, uh, second, I'm going to go with the probably there's going to be a second in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, do you – actually, how many first-round picks do they have? Do they have multiple first-round picks <laughs> if you're the Panthers? I thought they might have. No, I think the – I don't think they even got a first-round from McCaffrey. I think the Foreigners just gave up a ton <laughs> of picks. Uh, hold on. Uh, dad, dad. Draft picks. But you're right. If Carolina had multiple first-round picks, why not trade for Henry? Oh, if you have multiple, yes. You know what? Do that. You can trade your second round pick, your fourth round pick, or your second and a third if you have two first round picks. Okay, so they got the ninth, 
their own second round pick, San Fran's second round, San Fran's third, their own fourth, San Fran's fourth, and a fifth. Okay. They actually don't even have a sixth and seventh. So they have three picks from the from the Niners. Yeah. All right. This is interesting. Well, two twos. The only question is now. Well, they have two. Is Carolina, you looking to use that draft capital actually to trade up in the draft <laughs> to get a quarterback? You could, in theory, take those three San Fran picks, yeah. and then here's uh, Tennessee. We'll take Derrick Henry. You could kind of actually do that, and then you still have all your picks that you still have remaining. Yeah, you could. You still got the ninth. You still got the the better second. I mean, Mio, maybe like, all right, we'll give you our second. We'll keep San Fran second, and then you get the rest of San Fran's picks. You could do that too. Yeah. I don't have an exact landing spot for Henry. I know there's a market for him, though. I mean, there weren't talks about, is he going to fall off? He looked just fine in the last year. <laughs> at, at, at his first couple of weeks, I was like, oh, man, maybe. But then, like, he just, he, he hit a stride. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, when the team started to fall apart, he fell apart a little bit, too. But, like, you know, the the wide, the wide receivers were all hurt. You can just stack the box. The line was getting um, mm-hmm. devastated. You know, Tannehill was injured. Like, at that point, you're just like, oh, you just got to cover Derek Henry. Yeah. So. But on the Titans, I have an interesting take here. They're the only 10 I see. (laughs) So, I'm not saying they should do it. I'm not saying they will do it. But the GM was ousted. Vrabel's going to have more power. So, Vrabel is safe. You have the Jags up and coming. Lawrence has hit his stride. They'll get Calvin Ridley back next year, and Trevor's still on a rookie deal. So the Jags are going nowhere. Who? Calvin Cal- Ridley. Cal- on the Jaguars? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never mind. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, the future doesn't look great right now for the Titans. You could cut Tannehill. Are you trading Derrick Henry because you want the picks or because you want to free up cap space to get a quarterback or are we trading Derrick Henry because you want to tank I could see Tennessee tanking now the problem is Vrabel's such a good coach you might not lose enough games to be high enough but if hey I mean you bring it to Vrabel be like hey you got Malik Willis he doesn't seem anywhere close to ever being an NFL starting quarterback but we have a out we have a explanation for why we're going to do it this year. You play Malik Willis the entire season. You suck. You trade away most of this team for picks. Are you good enough? I mean, I do have a high enough pick to go draft Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. It's just an interesting thought Mm. that if the Titans decided to tank, now you would frame it as we want to see if Malik can play or not, but it would be tanking. I'm not one to call for tanking all the time. This is an interesting scenario, though. I could see why this would be the time to try it with Drake May and Caleb Williams in the draft next year. Just a thought. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely in a situation where, you know, they're at the crossroads. Mm -hmm. Do we think we can just go through a light rebuild and keep some core here, some players that we'll just build around? Or do we just knock it all down, blow up, start again, that type of stuff? Now, obviously, you're not going to get rid of Malik Willis. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, if you're in that situation of light rebuild, you could even still sit on Derrick Henry for at least the offseason and then try to get, like, you know, 
what Carolina did with Christian McCaffrey. All right, well, let's go out and three picks. Three picks, mm-hmm. middle of the year. He'll be great for you, great for a playoff run. And I think that's where we will find more teams. Uh, that's where I, Buffalo will probably be more willing to pay a price for a running back then than they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and more teams maybe emerge like, all right, you know what? A running back would be a great idea for us. Because who gets injured more than maybe anyone else besides linemen? Yeah. Running backs. Mm-hmm. So there will be, maybe not now, but there will be teams that are like, all right, suddenly we're in the running back market. I, if you hold, and if you're in the light, well, if you're in the light rebuild mar- uh, mindset, I kind of think you should hold, because then in a couple months you'll realize you're going to be in the full rebuild market, and that's when you trade Derrick Henry, and I think that's when you actually might get the most value out of him. Because hmm. uh, I don't see a lot of teams wanting or needing a, r- a running back desperately right now, especially pre-draft. Um, and willing to pay a price for someone like Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't even know what that was. Like uh, Damian Harris or something like that. Like, oh, teams are like, all right, I'll, I'll pay for something like that right now. I could use running back. I'll trade for that. I'll trade for something like that. A mm-hmm. uh, couple other ones like out there that are just smaller names. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll trade. I'll pay for that right now. But Derrick Henry will just fetch a price. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm not that desperate right now. But come week eight, and it's like, I have no running backs left. Or we- come week eight, and oh, man, I think I'm, I think we can win a Super Bowl. Like you know, teams get them. No, that's that's them greedy that's what, that's what I mean. Like we're a con- we're a real contender here. The problem is we just lost our running back. Mm-hmm. I say we go for it, and you call Tennessee. And at that point, Tennessee will get what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get that first over or first round pick. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that's will be about it. But hey, yeah, I, I think that's what Tennessee should probably do. Because I, I don't know where they're thinking. Like, are we in the? Are we thinking we in the light rebuild, or are we going to burn it all down? Mm-hmm. And I, they seem to be leaning the light rebuild, but that's why if they are, just sit on Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Understand he won't be here for the long run. Just sit on him, and get the most value out of him a little later. Okay. Because you're not going to be good next year. No, I don't think you are. No, I don't think so either. So you know, people might think, "Well, if we're not going to be good, just get rid of him now." Because there is time, like, "Oh, maybe in those couple weeks he'll get injured, and now you can't trade him at all." Mm-hmm. There's that risk, but I don't see you getting a huge amount of value of him if you trade him right now. I just don't. Okay, interesting. Interesting. There'll be value for the name, but there is a thing: if you like burn it down, tank for Drake Bay or Caleb Williams, is Mike Vrabel going to allow them to be bad enough to be that bad to have that pick, though? Well, I don't know. They were, you know, when they were just kind of devastated by the injuries at the end of the season, mm. you know, I, he did what he could and, like, he kept them afloat in a lot of games. But I, I, I could see it being a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Close games that we always end up on the short end of the stick for. Mm-hmm. And those loss all, all counts the same. So at that point, it doesn't really matter. So maybe. So that'll be, you know, Vrabel will still be, like, coaching the best and getting the most out of his guys, but just won't win games. Yeah. I see it'll be a lot like the end of the season last year. Okay. Well, maybe. So what you're saying is they could be bad enough that if you decide to just fully go for it, you could get Drake May or Caleb Williams. That's yeah. very interesting. Sure. And I think that's the best way out for Tennessee. What do you then do with Willis? Do you then... Oh, yeah, right Someone take him. Or you just keep him as your backup. I don't know. Oh, maybe. But, yeah. All right, with that, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We're going to do some call in the fat lady with the NHL and NBA season starting to wind down. Stick with us, guys.
And we are back here at Slow Your Roll, getting ready to finish things up. Bringing back Call In The Fat Lady. Is she singing on the season for some of these NHL and NBA teams? Jesse, we'll start with you. Is the fat lady singing on the Sabres? Mm. The Buffalo Sabres? I mean, for years, this is even kind of weird to talk about because for years they've been the bottom of the league. Who cares? But now, like, they're actually... Believe it or not, competing for a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. Just outside looking in, that um, technically the ninth spot, I guess, if you could put it as with the weird ranking nowadays for the NHL. But I, I, I want to put them out. Like, come on, the defense sucks. Like, this team will get trounced in the playoffs. They can't actually beat any of the good teams. And yet, they here they are. Here they're standing just outside looking in. And the team in front of them, Pittsburgh, has the 17th hardest schedule remaining now that's not actually that hard and the buffalo sabers have the fifth hardest schedule remaining and yet they still find themselves here it's just that that often it kind of like that leafs what i said last year that offense is just so gosh darn good mm-hmm. that they can win the game six five not really a winning formula especially in the playoffs now again you'll get trounced when you get there but with the league, it's it's working out. You can't. You're outside looking in, and I don't see Pittsburgh holding on to that spot. Maybe another team will jump you, but I don't think the fat lady is singing for this Buffalo Sabers just yet. That offense is too good. All right. So for you, Dominic. Yes. To the NBA, they you know not looking good because of an injury recently, but the LA Lakers. Mm-hmm. Is she singing? Nope. The fat lady is not singing on the Los Angeles Lakers. I just have, I think, the Lakers, LeBron, they'll figure out a way to get in the playoffs. I mean, the Clippers are in a damn free fall right now. And they're one of the ones that's right in front of the Lakers. They're the ones who who took on the toxic Russell Westbrook, so you know he's going to tank their season. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. I think the Lakers are at least 7-3 and three or 6-4 and four in their last 10 They've jumped, I think it was the Pelicans already. So they were sitting at 11th or 10th, I think, in the standings, and now they're at 9. I don't think the Fat Lady is singing on the Lakers yet. I think they still got a decent chance to make the playoffs. Now, that's all they're going to do, and it'll probably be the play-in game. But the Fat Lady is not singing just yet on the Los Angeles Lakers season, as much as I think it would be hilarious if it was. Mm. All right. So, on that... Well, actually, I wanted to say something about that. I don't think the NBA would allow the Lakers season to be over this early, so that's kind of how I feel on that. I get you. Right? So I think it, what is it? How many? I always forget. Is it? I think it's eight teams that make the playoffs in the NBA, and they're literally now right on the outside looking in. Yeah. At nine at 32 and 34. The Clippers are 34 and 33. Yeah, it's, it's, and the Clippers are three and seven in the last 10 games. It's eight teams when the play, uh, play-in tournament yes. is finished. All right. So to you, Jesse, is the fat lady singing on the Ottawa Senate? Oh, baby. Now, this is a team that actually surprisingly was buyers at the trade deadline. And I actually could, you know, looking back, we weren't paying much attention to them, but I can kind of see it. You know, the team's actually playing good hockey recently. They also closed that gap in the wild card. Suddenly they find themselves just outside looking in, right behind Buffalo. Mm-hmm. However, the reason I'm a little more hype about Buffalo than say the Senators 
Again, I think the Penguins are going to lose that spot. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Senators, on paper, technically have a more complete team. They actually have some defense. They brought in my guy Jacob Chikrin to solidify that defense. Um, it's just that I guess the offense is pretty average. And the biggest problem is I know the Sabres had the fifth hardest schedule remaining. Who has the second hardest schedule remaining? Well, the Ottawa Senators do. Mm. Yeah. So the only actually team ahead of them is the Montreal Canadiens, but... Uh, uh, Canada has a hard time for the rest of the season, and I just don't. I don't see Ottawa being able to overcome that the way Buffalo has. Buffalo can win those games six five. Ottawa has shown when they get punched in the face first, they don't really punch back. So I, I don't see. It's not your time right now, Senators. Technically, the fat lady is not singing because Pittsburgh just will not stop shooting themselves in the foot. But she's singing. She's preparing to sing for you, and she's going to let Buffalo go. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got to ask. <laughs> Sounds good. So, yeah, those are the Senators. So, the next one, mm-hmm. the Washington Wizards for the NBA. Is the Washington, is the fat lady singing on the Washington Wizards? Yeah, I think she is. They're 31 and 34. That puts them in 10th in the East. And they got two franchises just in front of them, and the Hawks and the Raptors, that I just think have more talent. They're more proven winners. I mean, Toronto's been in the playoffs, it seems like, forever. I've heard about the Hawks and their talent at least for years. I just think there's two better franchises, two better rosters in front of the Wizards. I know Bradley Beal's on the Wizards, but that's not good enough. (laughs) I think the Washington Wizards, I know they have a stretch here that says, oh, we can make and break. It'll tell us what we need to know about Washington. I think at the end of the day, especially Toronto will win enough games to make the playoffs. They're always there. They're just a winning franchise. Now in the NBA, I think the fat lady is singing on the Washington Wizards season. It's over. Hmm. All right. Yeah. So, Jesse, back to you in the NHL. Hey. Is the fat lady singing on the Nashville Predators season? For this one, I'm just going to come out and say it. Yes, she's singing for the Nashville Predators. Okay. A team that has, you know, been... Fringe. They've just they've competed all year long. They've tried and tried and tried, and just slowly it's whittled away. Slowly, just uh, the other teams are just one one game at a time, just making that gap a little little bit bigger. Like every every little every little day, it seems. And I mean, talking about strength of schedule, right behind Buffalo at number six for the Predators, pretty tough to to handle. And it's not even just that; it's the team that you are chasing, Winnipeg and Colorado. Colorado has the second easiest schedule remaining so in Edmonton Winnipeg like I know they're actually the second wild card spot right now they've stumbled over themselves a little bit recently but I think they'll get it together they've been a pretty consistent good team all year I don't see the teams in front of the Predators that they need to fall apart falling apart so for that I think the fat lady is going to sing it is singing for the Nashville Predators okay you gave it a good shot this year you you tried you weren't you weren't supposed to be that close and you are all right Give you credit there. That's so, right. The the Utah Jazz. Yeah, the fat lady singing on the Utah Jazz. She's think, singing I, some jazz. She's singing some jazz. I think they're twelfth now, or thirteenth in the Western Conference. Those Western Conference teams are all kind of jumbled together, but I think they're now thirty-one and thirty-four, or thirty-one and thirty-five. This is a team that kind of outright said they were tanking like a year ago. They're still tanking. I mean, you can tank in the NBA and still make the playoffs. It's that stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> Um, but I just don't think they have any chance. There's too many good teams in front of them. 
already said the Lakers, I think, have a decent chance. The Clippers would have to really have a fall from, like, off a cliff for the Jazz to make it in. They just lost to the Mavs, I think, like, last night or two nights ago. The fat lady is singing on the Jazz season. It's over for the Utah Jazz. They're not making the playoffs. No chance. Hmm. All right. And for you, Jesse, is the fat lady singing her tune for the Calgary Flames. All right. This one, like, I want to say she's singing. I really do. They're not playing that well. They thought about being sellers at the deadline. They certainly weren't buyers at the deadline. Again, they have to make, jump the same teams that the Predators do, uh, the former Stanley Cup champions in the Colorado Avalanche, and I actually think the better of those two teams, Winnipeg. You're not in the division with either of those teams. Actually, no, you were in with Colorado. No, I lied to you. You're not in the division with either of those teams, idiot. Um, so you're not. You're going to play Winnipeg once. Not good. Yet why would I not say she's singing on them? Well, the one factor that just comes into play here that I just can't say she's singing because who has the easiest schedule remaining out of everyone? Calgary Flames. Mm-hmm. So if you can just win your games, and again, Colorado is not playing great hockey. They just have the second easiest strength of schedule. And, you know, Stanley Cup champions, you figure they'll kind of just get it rather than the stretch. You just feel that way. But Calgary just has the one easier schedule, and I'm not that trusting of Colorado. So I don't have a lot of faith in Calgary to get it done, especially since Colorado has three games in hand. But I can't just I I can't have her be singing right now. She's just not. She won't sing on it. Calgary just has the, the Lord seems to be on Calgary's side. So, all right. All right. So to round this one out, round the this segment out, is it she going to jumping over jumping over myself? Can't even speak. Am I having a stroke? <laughs> um, the Trailblazers. Is she singing for the Trailblazers? For the Portland Trailblazers singing, she is not singing quite yet. She's close. She's getting ready. But they're at 12th in the West, 31 and 34. Those teams are jumbled all together. We know how much stars matter. And Damian Lillard is still on the Trailblazers. So I think they're better than a few teams in front of them. I don't know if they're better than the Lakers. Probably not, at least when LeBron comes back. But Dame is here. They're not that far out of it. The Clippers aren't playing well. I'm not ready to say the season is over for the Trailblazers just yet. She's close. She's getting there. But she's not ready to take the stage yet. Fat Lady is not quite singing on the Portland Trailblazers season. They have a chance to make the playoffs still. All right. So that has been it for Colin the Fat Lady. I think what? We said the... In total, we said the season is over for, I said it for one, two, and I think you said it for two as well. Or did you only say it for one? I said the season is over for the Senators and Predators, Sabres and... We're both two and two. Sabres and Flames still. So we're both. Have a flame. Yeah, exactly. All right. So with that, we're getting ready to wrap it up. Tommy, report real quick first. All right. So there was a rumor apparently going around the combine in Indianapolis. Many people think Tom Brady will re-unretire. No one is saying where he will go. No one is citing a source. No one is saying why they feel this. They all just feel the same thing. 
Mm. And as much as I do like to say, like, well, rumors come from somewhere, I do like you to provide something for me. Yeah. Now, when everyone is saying the same thing, I certainly feel like, well, again, there's got to be some substance to this, right? Uh, but again, no one is citing anything. No one is giving any example, what have you. And then Tom Brady came out. Well, first, um, uh, Dov Kleeman, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, a reporter, he came on and said, Tom Brady might not be done after all with his playing in the NFL, according to Rich Eisen. That's a source uh, who talked to people in Indy and then, quote, folks are saying to keep an eye on Miami. Mm. Most I got there. But then Tom Brady replied to that tweet saying anyone who thinks I have time to come back to the NFL has never adopted a two month old kitten for their daughter. I saw that. So he has a new kitten. That has been your weekly Tommy update. I mean, a puppy is harder <laughs> than a kitten, so don't it, tell me that you couldn't come back. It is. In all, if you said a puppy, maybe I'd be like, I get it. Yeah. Like, come on. Goddamn puppies are a lot. And also, we know you don't see your kids. <laughs> come on. <laughs> what kind of cat is it, Tom? Do you know? I bet you don't. I don't even know breeds of cats. No. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's been your week. I think people just can't. I think a lot of people who just like will not say he's gone until it's confirmed he's gone. Sure. But I think it's over. I, I get that. I kind of feel, I feel that a little bit. A little bit. I, I like these rumors. As much as I was like, you know what? Just go away, man. I'm done with you. Like, I just like, oh, man, Tom Brady's coming back again? Yeah. Hell yeah. It's interesting. All right. NFL sucks without him. With that, we are ready to wrap things up. Darwin Award, as always. Drum roll, please. All right. And this week's Darwin Award winner is uh, the New York Giants. I mean, you know why you signed... Danny Dimes for an average of $40 million. You gave him everything he wanted, apparently. And, uh, Dom, you said it was an average of $3 million a touchdown? I mean, it's close to $3 million a touchdown, yeah. Because he had 15 touchdowns last season, so that averaged, yeah, about $3 million a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And that is also one less touchdown than Russell Wilson had last year. Like, I know Russell Wilson is a better quarterback, but we all agree he had a god-awful season last year, and yet he technically, by that number, had a better season than $40 million Daniel Jones. So it would be, it's rounds to $2.7 million per touchdown pass. Ah, two, only two, only 2.7. <laughs> only 2.7. <laughs> you know, as he, I mean, I'm sure he's had 20 touchdown seasons, but like, I don't think you should pay anyone that you, we saw time and time again, week after week, that like, ooh, cuff him. Yeah. Don't throw deep. Hand it to Saquon. Make him do the hard work. Heck, run it yourself. Just don't throw it. That's not... Like we've said, Like you can kind of actually still win. Your quarterback doesn't need an elite arm as long as the people around him are good enough. And you're not paying him yeah. like an elite quarterback. They didn't listen to that. No. They don't care about that. They have their guy. And, I mean, you threw 15 touchdowns with like maybe the best quarterback coach in the league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he knew. He knew. He's like, you can't. No, 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 no. He's not. You can't do that, sir. You got to hand it off. We had the hottest quarterback coach in the entire NFL, and you threw 15 touchdown passes this year. And your best games, they were all against like the Vikings and the Lions. Yeah. Both times. Yeah. I cannot believe they gave him this money. I, you know, I would have struggled to give him 30, but if I gave him 30, I at least would have gotten it. 
I never thought they would have given it and given him this. I can't. I can't necessarily say that because like they're not well run. I know. Well, th- there's that, and then like I kind of was just in the middle of the season, being like, "Hey, man, what are you doing here? You might, you might." But I didn't see forty. Forty million dollars. Yeah. Forty million dollars. Like, why did you even ask? I know. Like, yeah, I. We were dumbfounded. Yeah, we said like everyone laughed. Like, what you're asking? Like, why are you even asking for that? We, you know, we all know you're supposed to ask for more than you think you can get. Blah blah blah. And we're still like, you asked for that. Mm-hmm. And he got it. And again, he got it unilaterally. Giants fans, media, NFL fans, social media. I didn't really see any defense of Daniel Jones when those numbers came out as far as what he was asking for. All I saw were people laughing and making memes about the yeah. Giants just be like, get out of here. Yeah. Well, it's like the like that joke Dave Chappelle made years ago with the, the Jesse Smollett incident and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you guys talking about the black community you guys weren't defending him we were defending him with our silence yeah and i kind of think that's what giants fans are doing yeah they're not jumping on but they're defending him by not saying anything at all like yeah ooh. <laughs> so okay but you know what that's one of the best bits in any stand-up by the way oh like, it was it was good that jesse small <laughs> yeah imagine being the cop having to take this <laughs> you were walking at 3 a.m in january in chicago <laughs> Well, he's still. I mean, this is a different topic. He still had the noose on when he opened the door to the cops. Yeah. Like, like you never talk. You never took that off. That right there. Like, anyway, Jenny. Hats in Chicago. <laughs> but hey, Giants got their guy. Brian Dable has their guy. They couldn't be more ecstatic over there in New Jersey. Oh, when he tells them, Steve, come here. You see what Kanye West was doing like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is that's one of the best bits in any comedy act. I thought of. I forgot about that. But anyway, yeah. But congratulations to the New York Giants. Forty million dollars for fifteen touchdown passes. Yeah, at least it's only two years. I guess, but you are this week's Darwin Award winner. That is hilarious. And that has been it for slow your roll this week, guys. If you're if you're a late night person, WBC. 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock tonight, some good matchups. Oh, I thought you were to say, if you're a late night person, meet me at Subway in Chicago. Yeah, let's get some MAGA hats on for it. Yeah. <laughs> just be careful. Yeah, just be careful. All right, have a great week. Have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen.